Hey, I feel like we should actually start the show, so I'll add this to be in the beginning. We should address what's going on, I guess. It feels disingenuous. To we, yeah, we should. To. But this is probably a thing that I'm terrible at. <laughs> so I don't know if you have. I'm also really bad. Prepared so, I mean, I'm, okay, I'm going to try. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, and again, I didn't really prepare because you want to be careful and mindful and you want to do this right. Um, so good thing we're winging it. <laughs> uh, we didn't we didn't release an episode last week. Uh, it felt just totally inappropriate to b- both record and talk about design and fun stuff in hairdressers uh, while everything is going on in the US and in the world. Um but also even just posting it. I don't know. It feels like, you know, it, feel, it felt inappropriate. Um, this week, although it still feels, honestly, to me, to talk about some of this stuff, it still feels a bit off and inappropriate. Uh, I know that I've enjoyed listening to podcasts that were released, you know, around this time. So although as someone who is recording a podcast, I honestly don't, it's not that I don't feel like it, but like I'm, I'm forcing myself to do this. It's not something I would want to do it. Uh, but as a listener, I would appreciate it. So it's more of a like, um, you know, if if you if you feel like you shouldn't be listening to design things, I 100% understand. Uh, like, don't feel like you should. Or and I apologize if you think we shouldn't even do it in the first place. Um, but for s- some of you who like would appreciate some distraction or something, um, well, I guess here you go. <laughs> We're going to talk about stuff. Also. I don't know how people realize this who listen to this. This is the only time that I talk to Kevin, my friend Kevin. Uh, so uh, maybe we should like talk when we're not <laughs> recording. But right now it's like, you know, 90% of our conversations are recorded yep. and published. That's weird when you think about it. <laughs> but so recording layout is not just producing a podcast, editing, publishing for the listeners. It's also a chance for me to talk to Kevin. And right now, even though it feels inappropriate to... Uh, maybe record podcasts uh to me personally feels appropriate to talk to my friend kevin so um so there you go i don't know what else to say yeah i mean in in case like we it's not like super clear right now uh black lives matter we like totally support all the movements that are happening right now i think it's time for a change it's like the racism everywhere in the world like has been kind of like prevalent for much too long and i think it's about them time that we put an end to this and so like let's all find ways to come together whether you can help a lot or you can help a little like everything counts and so like let's all try to do our best to support the movement um and really like create the world that we want to live in yeah i don't don't know what else to add to that i I think that was yeah that's it one thing i would recommend is a podcast by two of our friends danae and devin um, who recorded an episode just talking about what it's like to be an interracial couple and the kind of different ways that that kind of like racism um, came into into play for them and their experiences I listened to it this morning. I thought it was like super interesting and I like, I really miss them. So maybe that also plays a part uh, with this, but I think it's some like important conversations for all of us to, to listen. And I feel really privileged that um, like they're willing to share it with the rest of the world. And so like, definitely that's one small thing that you can do 
um, and just kind of like become more aware of like all the different um, issues uh, that people have. Although I haven't listened to this episode in particular, I recommend it. This is so weird because like they're my, you know, they're <laughs> my friends who I see every week. Even today, just so you proof that they're one of the best humans ever. Uh, I was, it was during the day I was in meetings and Devin just dropped by to drop some uh, Cinnabons that he was baking. Uh, nice. How freaking nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, listen, it's, it's like a five minute long episode type of episodes by the way i think um yeah this one's a little yeah. bit longer but nowhere near no. layout level <laughs> no not this nonsense that we're doing <laughs> all right um let's let's talk about things when i get a new barber and it doesn't happen that often right usually try to stick with the same person because then you know they know you yeah it's easier you like and Right, and also you you start. Uh, it's almost like therapy, and then you start talking about all oh, oh, the problems God. in your life, and then they start. No, <laughs> this is this is your life. Okay. This is not my life. I try to <laughs> okay. optimize for as oh, little man. conversation as possible. On the barber barber, I know all of his uh, hopes and dreams, and uh, all this, his trauma in life is. Oh incredible. my God. Um, anyway, but so when I meet a new barber for the first time, I'm like, all right, th- there's a lot going on here. This is not going to be easy. I am already giving you a pass for the next three haircuts. Like I know they're going to suck because I know it's going to, it's, it's my hair is like very peculiar. Like it, it behaves very in its own way, I guess. (laughs) Anyway. So then, you know, uh, I always go like, here's three things that I'm feeling right now. Like three pictures of like random people or whatever, or like celebrities or whatever. I'm feeling this. But do your thing. Like, I, I really want to, I want, I don't know. <laughs> I wanted something, I want something different, but I don't, I, I'm at the point of like, I don't know what I want or how I, I don't know. Hair is weird. Cause like you can look at a picture and that person can have very different hair than you. So what are you trying to get? It's just not possible with your hair. I have very thick and a lot of hair. <laughs> so like it will, it has a lot of weight and volume to it pretty much always um so like i can't i can't get your hair style for example hmm. it, it wouldn't work <laughs> interesting um uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say but yeah. um i one thing i have wondered for a while is like i think i would consider being like a, a barber or hairdresser as like mm. a creative profession right mm. would you say that's true if i consider it a creative profession yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I feel weird that like every time I go to the barbershop, like I'm either in like two modes. One is either like 99% of the time, I'm just like, just do whatever was there before. (laughs) I just do the same thing. (laughs) And then there's like this like 1% of the time where I'm like, I feel like I want something different, but I don't know what. (laughs) Mm. And like, do you think it's like really frustrating for for barbers to always be told just do the same thing as last time? Uh I think it depends on the barber and maybe even like on the day. Uh like cuz it I do feel like asking you to be creative does take some energy. Maybe you're not mm-hmm. in the mood and you can't force to be creative. Um so sometimes you can just 
like they just are not feeling it. like they don't care they just want to they just want to cut your hair and get your money and like leave um but at the same time i can also see barbers being uh kind of frustrated because uh, they're just doing the same thing for everyone and it's just like basic shit like they would like to flex their skills a little bit maybe um also i've heard that it also depends on the on the hair like you know like not all hairs are the same to work with like some are more interesting mm-hmm. or like uh long hair might be cool or you know like oh whatever uh so <laughs> i guess it depends i I can see I feel myself like, it, like being it, very annoyed. It's like it's like someone saying like, "Hey, I want you to make me a website," and they're like, "Cool, like, yeah, what do you yeah, want? Yeah. Like, we're gonna figure out this process. Like, this is gonna be fun." And then they're like, "Oh no, you see, <laughs> like, just make literally the same thing, same website you made Stripe. ten times before. <laughs> yeah, just make Stripe again, <laughs> please." <laughs> Show title. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I just feel weird about that, and but but on the other hand, it's like sometimes I'm like okay, like, I want to be, like, a cool client, like, I want to be, like, you know, man, like, you do you, like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've got a lot of ideas and, like, lots heart. of things, you know, like, you know what would work best, and they're just, like, just, like, no, they don't know, they just, they don't care, mm-hmm. like, they're just, like, eh, whatever, <laughs> I'll just got a little bit on the top, like, <laughs> so, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, maybe it's just, maybe there's, there's different kinds of hairdressers, I don't know. Totally. So, so this hairdresser, my new one, he's crazy. He's very much like an artist and he's a musician and he's like, Ooh. you know, recording albums and he's like, he gets a ruler, like just, you know, a flat thing and he tries to see the shape of your head because that will influence, you know, wow. your hair. Like, a, you were like, whoa, it's just fascinating for me to see him work. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, I need a haircut. Well, That's what well, I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> Well, while we're on the topic of uh, of hairdressers, one thing I've always wondered, <laughs> this is like I'm getting like all my hairdresser content out <laughs> all at once, but one thing I've always wondered is, why don't they just take a picture after they've cut your hair? Like, because you know cool. how like when you go, again? there's always this conversation, this like five minute conversation of like, so like, do I do the same as usual? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, was it a two or a one? And you're like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, that's not my job. That's why I see you. And I feel like I totally get that it, it would be. Do you impossible. actually say that? By no, the I way. don't say that. I think it okay. though. But, <laughs> but, um, but like, I'm like, there's no way that they can remember what everyone's haircut is. I right. wouldn't. But, but part of me is just like, but why don't you take notes? Like, just either write it down on a piece of paper or take a picture or something. Like, how do you remember? I feel like the haircut starts at one place and then, like, over time, just, like, slowly but surely, like, kind of drifts away. And every couple of years, you kind of need to do a reset of, like, hey, like, this actually doesn't look anything like what we started. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think you might be projecting a little bit. I don't know how often customers want just the same thing. Maybe they, maybe most do. I actually don't know. Also, you know, they have just way too many customers to try to keep notes or like even pictures or whatever. And even pictures, I think like they are only somehow effective, you know, like looking at a picture, it's not super clear cut like hey <laughs> you know, like <laughs> to know if it's a, you know, a, a number two or a number three or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess, okay, if this was, 
it it feels like a pretty obvious solution or thing they should do, and the fact that they, do, they don't tells me something. <laughs> <laughs> There's something there that I don't know. Yeah. So um, here's to all the hairdressers listening to Leia. <laughs> Please let us know. All of them. I'm I'm very curious. Yeah. Cheers. One thing that might be off topic of, for the show, but I don't know, as we're like chit chatting, maybe we cut this out. But as I opposed see, to I see, hairdressers. Yeah. <laughs> I see a welcome to layout, a show about hair and mm-hmm. something else. Um, I see you've rearranged your your layout. Oh, yeah, my layout. Uh, I'm trying. Yes, I'm trying to make so, it topical for the show. Right. Okay. Yeah, because people can totally see this. Uh, yeah. So uh, my <laughs> the the view of my room that Kevin has uh, is different than usual because I got really bored as you do during corona times and during everything times um that we've decided to just rearrange the furniture in our in our apartment um it turns out it was surprisingly good at helping me with anxiety and stress and whatever like i got really into it and got really excited and like for the next like the following two days i was just still tweaking things like "Mm, actually this doesn't look good in in that light (laughs) actually it might whatever um we're pretty happy with how it turned out. Uh, the only downside is that the view from my webcam is worse. This is not as appealing of a background as it was. Is I it? Think. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it is. This is not as good because it had a plant. And yeah, whatever. that's true. <laughs> uh, and so this is not as good. I still have to work on this. I don't know what to do. But like the apartment just feels more airy and more overall open and i took as an opportunity to buy more plants to just fill in a couple Ooh. of you know, empty spots that weren't there before and just today i bought more hue lights so i've also been playing with that and so nice i just been trying to keep myself busy and honestly uh, not think so much about all the shit that's going on in the world uh so it has helped but yeah totally um, yeah yeah, I've been, not that I've been doing the same, like all my layout's pretty much the same, but I've been like uh, desperate to try to find like some new ways to decorate the space. Like, I feel, I feel like we should have frames here or like a poster, or, like maybe let's let's do a painting or, or something like that. Like just buying plants and stuff like that just to try to make, do. make it a little bit more interesting and more fun. I mean, because it's the... Reality is we now spend 100% of our time at home, so mm-hmm. might as well make it, uh, make it fun. So what, what are we talking about today? What's, uh, is it, what do we want to talk about? Uh, well, so I had some follow-up, actually. So we've talked about oh, a couple so. episodes ago how um, you were saying like you were rewatching some keynotes. And... Yeah. Um, I saw this link go by on, on Twitter and I needed a distraction, frankly, in the last couple of weeks. Um, and this is a link from uh, Benjamin Mayo, who works at 9to5Mac. Um, he's like a great person to follow on Twitter. Like if you're into Apple stuff, like he'll always be tweeting stuff about Apple. And uh, what he did is he created sort of this like director's commentary on the WWDC uh, 2011 video. <laughs> And it basically goes through the entire length of the of the keynote, and this is like this keynote is kind of notable because this is Steve Jobs' last keynote. 
But it's like super interesting to go back in time and see because I I remember this time, but it's like interesting to see with today's kind of everything we know today what that keynote like was like and the different even like the different kinds of like observations on UI and interaction design and stuff like that. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I I kind of like this idea of like just a director's commentary for for stuff like this. Should do it. A designers react. Uh, kind of, the, yeah. That's yeah. It's pretty good. So I did that, and then after after watching this, I <laughs> I don't know why, but um, I just wanted to rewatch the uh, iOS seven keynote, and so I I rewatched oh. it. <laughs> it's very interesting. Hey, we should do. You know how like you know the incomparable um, the, the podcast. Uh, they had this like members only special feed yada yada one of the perks that it did for members um was like a, a audio commentary track to play alongside star wars with all the you know i have it on my queue actually i haven't done it because i have to <laughs> it's like you have to play the movie hit play at a certain point and then you have a lot quote-unquote live right. commentary um while you're watching this while you're watching the, the movie so now I'm thinking, would it be cool to do something like that? Now I'm only thinking Apple Keynotes because that's what we were talking about. But, you know, something else maybe in where we would just hit play and just like talk over it and comment um, as something is happening. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That could be cool. I don't know. Just yeah, we can think something about else it. to distract us. <laughs> yeah. I actually, yeah. so this actually probably solves my biggest problem with this, which I think you've done a good job at kind of like accounting for. But I'm terrible about like, setting the stage for what i'm going to talk about like i just like go and like talk about a thing like a reaction to something but i don't explain what it is <laughs> a lot of the times um so this kind of solves this problem what do you mean so like for mean? example i don't know like it'll be like let's let's say it's like an apple keynote or whatever like i'll talk about what i'm talking about but i i, oh. I sorry i'll talk about what i think of what was announced but i don't necessarily like say oh like this was this this keynote they announced this thing and then like they had these features and and then say what you think about it i just go straight to here's what i think about it and then i know it can be a bit jarring for people that's why i'm here buddy so yeah (laughs) (laughs) but this probably makes things easier i don't know cool cool all right um Oh man! So we have this one thing on topics. I don't know if it's if I still want to talk about it or whatever. <laughs> I can talk about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Maybe I can I can tell you what it is, and then if you if you feel like you want to talk about it, or if you have some thoughts, I don't know. How do conversations start? I don't know. <laughs> so what I wrote here was good software versus great software. How important enjoying using a product is, and how it is not you know important <laughs> uh, and this was this was a an, an idea a, a feeling i was exploring for a while um in where i was thinking of like how much you enjoy using your product like how important that is to make a great memorable product like one of the greats in history uh but also how not important it is that like it won't make a product successful by itself. Still very vague, so I can use examples. Um, I think, like, having a successful product is 
uh, of course, a lot of things, but like it's very important to focus on the right problems to solve. Solve the right problems in a way that works. Uh, but then the execution is what you know sets it apart and can be the competitive advantage over whatever else. Um, as designers, we I think we place a lot of uh, prior, you know, a lot of value on the user experience and how nice it is to use something. Um, and I think we all try to push that internally at a company. Like this is something incredibly valuable. Uh, but then, you know, you do get a lot of speak for myself, but I, you know, I, I know I'm not alone on this and where then you get some pushback from the business, from the company saying like, sure, great user experience, great design is important, but it's not the most important thing for us right now. Like first we need to you know, tackle the, all these other problems. Um, and so you can get products that are really successful that, in my opinion, don't have um, Zoom. incredible, <laughs> great user experience. Products, <laughs> exactly. Products like Zoom. Products like, um, products like, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, <laughs> name names. But like, well, I just did. There's all these products that they are successful because they are solving the right problem in a right way like zoom i don't think anyone loves using zoom but we all do because it's the best except kevin he doesn't use that he still uses google meet um uh, uh, same thing with you know figma i think a lot of you know more and more people are switching to figma because it solves the right set of problems and it it enables us as users to do so much more but I, i know i'm i'm not i think i'm the minority here but like the experience of doing that is not incredible on the other hand like i'm going to give you examples of products that in my my opinion crafted an incredible user experience but at the end of the day were products that failed and uh, (laughs) i want to say products like path (laughs) like path was an app that was around for like a year i don't know like it was not it was never successful it was very indie whatever but still to this day people keep talking about path and how incredible it was uh, I can add more uh, uh, products like uh, Ardio. Ardio was incredible, incredible design, incredible experience. I still have, like I attach memories to it, to using that product. I remember where I was when I first used it and all of that. And it focused on the wrong set of problems. It failed. And I can name more, you know, more products like this um, that, you know, th- that is not the most important thing. Um and if I try to, you know, use an ex- come up with an example of something that d- does both very well, um, I think one is Slack. Even though I think there's a lot of problems in 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 Slack's personally, I think in Slack's products apps. Um, but when Slack came along, like we can't forget this. When Slack came along, it was not original in feature set or even the app itself. You had a lot of other products that did pretty much the same. Uh, HipChat was one from Atlassian. Uh, you had we were using Hack- FlowDoc at Skype the time. Was one uh, you could. There was it was very terrible. But FlowDoc, dang, that's a have, I, that's name did, have, have you heard of this before? <laughs> I don't yeah. know anyone who's used this before. FlowDoc, I never used it. I re- I remember it. it oh, okay. Cool. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't cool. No, it was terrible. Okay. <laughs> Um, but so when Slack came along, again, it was not competitive in terms of features. Um, it was not competitive in terms of 
performance or even i mean price it was free for a while while in beta but what it brought to the table was like it was just nice to use it had a little cute slack bot which has a it had a different onboarding flow slack bot will like ask you questions to fill in your name and avatar and whatever uh it it used heavily emoji i think it was one of the big players that you know used emoji a lot and as like part of the product and so what ended up happening was like people at companies that just wanted to use slack like can we use slack i prefer it um and so you know and then and now slack it is what it is uh and you might even think twice about joining a company that don't you know that don't use slack um it's that powerful it's that sticky right so anyway i don't know where i'm going with this uh it's just that like it's it's very it's it's a very tricky concept of like you know the how much you enjoy using your product is so important to make you great but it's not enough to make you successful um and it's really hard to 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 make this part of the company like part of the product mentality um also it's really incredibly hard to measure and track if this is a priority and something you you want to add a company you want to you know, design for is something that, you know, you should, you should, you should uh, focus on. It's really hard to, to measure and track, like how much do people enjoy using your product? What is enough? What is, you know, anyway, um, that's, that's all. That's just a brain dump. I don't know what else to say on this. Yeah. I mean, I think you've got a pretty good take. Like, I'm not sure how much I have to add on, on top of yeah. this. Um, I think you're right. Like it's not something that's necessary to be successful. It's a, it's something that I care about, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's definitely not something that everyone does care about. It's like, as while you were talking, I was frantically trying to like Google a quote that comes to mind, but that just keeps escaping me. That's like, When you're designing something, you have to make it useful. But if you're going to make it useful, might as well make it beautiful. Something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of feel that way of like, to me, it's a sign of just craft and care and, and kind of like polish in, in what you do. But it's it's not the only sign. Like, I'd ar I, you could argue that like speed is also a really mm. great way to show how much you care and like making something really, really fast is one of the best things you can do for a piece of software. So I think it depends. Um, like trying to think also of like the other angle of let's say you are in a company and you want to spend that time really polishing something and really making it, feel great um it's hard to prioritize that on a mm -hmm. like on a chart you know like it will never show up anywhere how how do you measure like how much people like or enjoy something like not if they're able to complete a task like do they actually have fun doing it mm -hmm. it's like kind of hard to measure um there are ways you could try to do that with research but like i don't know i think it's 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 basically like it's hard to take someone who doesn't care and make them care so in my yeah. my experience i've just tried to find ways to just do it like find 
like it just don't don't tell anyone and just do it <laughs> basically um, because for you to prioritize that or it, it's like an irrational decision yeah. somehow and especially when you are like at the top of the chain and where you are running a company and you are like on the line for these decisions like it's incredibly hard to make you know yes let's let's double our budget on this project to go that extra mile uh something that is not you know in any way it, it, like it's not it's not proven that it will help the business or whatever um because again these things are really hard to track and measure because like conversions sure there's a graph there's numbers you, you can make informed decisions over numbers uh this is more wishy-washy um and so like it's as a business owner as a you know as a ceo or whatever it's hard to say yes to these things and that's why these are so rare uh and and i honestly i think using apple as an example for on this it's broken apple is like it was a it was a a model that was almost impossible to replicate because you what happened was like you had someone at the front of that company you had someone like steve jobs who did care for all that thing for all those things and who had the taste to see it and know what was good or was bad right and also had the power to say no we're not shipping this because it's not ready um you know it's 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 really putting product first over the business or marketing or whatever and i know there's like a video in where he talks about this or whatever so i i think that model is like almost impossible to replicate nowadays it's like either you either have it or you don't and it's hard to because like how many thousands of companies try to replicate apple's model and just fell on their face because like you know like that's not that's not how it works like rdos or whatever <laughs> you know um yeah i mean i'd argue the uh the reason a lot of them fail has nothing to do with that kind of design care but um yeah i mean it's just so hard like i i think there are ways to do some to do things in a way that don't really take much more time but still have that same level of polish like i often think how do i say this i'm trying to say it in a, in a nice way but like <laughs> some sometimes Sometimes you just like see, uh, like if you're in a kind of like big company model where you have designers and then you have like, say, front end developers who will build whatever you make. Um, like oftentimes the designers will like design something and yeah, like they're probably not like we're not, I know like a lot of the teams I've been on like weren't super great at providing these like animated mock-ups and prototypes mm. on like showing every single tran- transition and uh, oftentimes like what happens is like it gets implemented and there's basically no transition or the transition is yeah. weird or awkward in some way and it's like i don't think it it's necessarily stuff that takes an insane amount of time when you're when you're building it in the first place like i feel like if i was the one building this like I would build in the transition that that works. Like it's just like a couple animations here and there. But then to me, it's like the cycle of saying like, we've went through design, build, ship. Now design is like, Hey, the animation's awkward. Then it's like, okay, now you must open an issue, Mm -hmm. (laughs) prioritize the issue, get it to 
a developer, get them to look at it, have a back and forth conversation <laughs> with the designer. Maybe the designer has to like now create some sort of animated prototype to show what it should be. And then it's being built and then finally deployed again. Like that entire cycle takes so much more time than if it was just done in the first place. And so it's like, how do you, how do you do that? Like you, maybe I'm biased in thinking like having people that have more than that, like a specific skill and who do, like I, I can say, like I work with a lot of front end developers that are great designers. Like they will think about those things. Like it, it's, it's not like, you know, everyone's bad or whatever, but like, I think you need to have that, that eye and just go ahead and do it that even if I don't say like in my mock-up, I don't have like a video that says, here's how it should transition that when you're building it, you're like, there should be a transition here. And like, let me just go ahead and add it. And like, if there's a back and forth to be had with a designer, sure. Fine. But like, I think it's, it's so much harder to, to get that, that little fix of like, Oh, like let's fix the transition to be prioritized Mm -hmm. once the project is done then as you're doing it yeah I, I can see that i've seen that yeah it's all about hiring huh <laughs> that's what you're saying <laughs> higher design oriented uh, design sensitive you know <laughs> like so you, you can be sensitive in the force <laughs> some people are sensitive in the, the so here's the thing though i don't like you can hire a lot of designers who don't even care about this i mean i didn't yeah i, I, I wasn't i didn't mean uh, like hire designers or and designers it's or but designers. it's also like it's it, but like it might be fine you know what i mean like it's it's just it just depends what you optimize for yeah. like what you end up caring i think and so for me i do care about that like making it look not super awkward like making it trying to make it look nice like trying to make it like push the boundaries a little bit of what like software design looks like like tries to try to incorporate things like motion and stuff like that but again like even for example like motion is not a thing that i'm good at um like i'm sure you'd bring in a designer who's much more well versed in in motion and they'd look at my stuff and they'd be like that's so not polished like i think we all have like a, a couple of things that we care about and like we're trying to like bring these things into the products we make and i also think i mean in this in a sense it's the the more like uh how do you call it like you know like it's like kind of the craftsmanship aspect of like it's this is not made in a factory like there you can Mm -hmm. see the the people behind those like products embody the values of the people who who make them Mm -hmm. and so so again it's the right people (laughs) Kind of, but it depends what you want to optimize for as well. Right, like, right. I think here we're like looking at it as very binary of like essentially like visual or interaction design versus everything else. But like, for example, I basically like your mission also like really influences what kind of work you do. I think like part of again, I've never worked at Facebook, so. I, like this is just my guess from the outside, but like Facebook is, seems to be built on the foundation that more communication between people is better. And that just shows up in what they do. And it's 
a lot of it is good. Like it would have never gone to where it is if like those principles didn't propel it forward. But they're also having their issues because of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you know, like you've used Apple as an example. I think Apple's kind of mission is to like create software to empower people to be creative. And I think sort of built into that mission is that kind of creative angle to it of like, no, we're, we're not just going to do a thing that like gets, goes from point A to B. We're going to like make it an enjoyable experience. And I think like they've severely been lacking in a lot of areas for this lately. So like, don't get me wrong. They're nowhere near perfect, but um like, I think it, it really depends kind of like what that mission and that also has a huge influence on what you do. Also, like one more example, Zoom. Everyone's using Zoom right now. Um, and I, you know, I don't love the design, but what they they chose to prioritize is like that quality of, of the, the audio above everything mm-hmm. else. And so like if they have to cut corners, they cut corners somewhere else, you know, and some yeah. oftentimes probably design is the thing that they're cutting cut corners with and uh, it like it's hard to say that they're wrong for doing that like it seems like that yeah. they're doing really well but but at the end of the day for me it's like i care about making something of quality and of something that like that feels like it's i don't know yeah like i, I I'm having a hard time. Do you ever get uh, scared that the things that are important to you and you will prioritize in your own product, in your own work, sometimes are not the right things to prioritize, you know, to make it successful? I think so. On the other hand, at least the way that teams are organized at Shopify, like there's enough kind of diversity of opinions on the team that... I don't think a single person can like totally lead the team down one direction. And so I think it's that like good amount of friction of like, you probably always have me like pushing for like, yeah, but like let's do just a few things and like make them really, really great and have this like really cool right UI interaction model or whatever. And then you have other people who are like, yeah, but what about growth? And right. how do we do that? And it's like, it can be seen it's, as like right. in a position to another one another, but it means that I have to compromise on the elements of what I care about that aren't as important. And then they have to compromise on the elements of what they care about that are less important. And like, it's that kind of like clashing of people with different priorities right. that give you ideally like a product that is well-rounded. I think, but it's, I mean, it, it is that should definitely be a concern. Like I've been in situations even with my team where it's like, Hey, if like sometimes you're working on a product and things aren't working well, like maybe there's like a bug or maybe there is, I don't know, like some security thing or there's like whatever. It's like, Hey, look, none of your animations matter if people can't access our product right now. And so let's, we have to figure out a way to make that better. And so that's why, like, I think the, the priority should be making something useful and then making it 
you know, nice to use. <laughs> and so you, do, you don't get to, be, to spend time on like trying to make something nice if it's not useful, it's not functional. And I think that's a point you, you've mentioned before. Yep. So I like try to keep those things in check, but it's, it's never like a perfect mix either. Right. Like there's, there's always a little bit of like, I'm, I'm just like trying to push things forward of like, try and basically like, don't do the minimum, like try to go a little bit, a, a bit above like what you think is the, the minimum and ideally that usually that lands you in a pretty good place yeah the whole thing is like striving for or always working towards an mvp is that if you if that's what you have if that's your product an mvp it's really easy for someone else to to go that extra mile right like you're at the bottom uh it's the minimum <laughs> so anyone who does a little bit more than the minimum is ahead of you a little bit yeah so, have you have you seen that like skateboard kind of analogy for mvp uh no so it's basically i'm trying to remember exactly what it is but it's like a comparison of two things okay so on one side you have this is mvp and at the the what you're trying to do is like a car but your mvp is like two wheels and like a seat on the ground and then the oh, other right, side right. is like MVP is like a, a skateboard, a bicycle, a motorcycle, right. a car. And like, that's kind of what you want. Like you, you, and, and maybe that's one like helpful takeaway from this is I, whenever like we, you have to prioritize for stuff like this and like cut some things, I would say it, to me, it's always better to do less but do it really well, then try to do a lot and do it poorly. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I try to do. And so you try to like build in a little bit of these like enjoyable things basically for people. Right. Compromise kind on of scope, each not on quality. Release. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like in practice, this is hard. Anyway, yeah. One, uh, maybe one like other example I can give for from like Shopify email when we were working on it. Um, so... Basically, we're, we're working on an email client um, for email marketing uh, in Shopify. And there is, like, different ways you can approach designing something like this. But um, I think if you try to just go... Like, basically, we have... We're entering this new market. There's lots of competitors out there. There's lots of... Everyone has a million features, and we're starting from scratch. So... We can try to do as many features to be like on feature parity with the others, but then essentially like not really have anything new. Like we're at level with everyone else, Mm -hmm. no more, or we can choose to do fewer features, but actually bring in some new things. So try to leapfrog some of our competitors on a handful of features, which means if you look at a checklist, we're not going to have a check mark next to every single feature, but we're going to have some new, like I'm trying to stretch this table metaphor, but like, but we're going to have like some, some new rows in our table (laughs) that were never there before for anyone else. 
and you that, have the required overlap, but then you stand out in yeah in key areas, and that sure. becomes what everyone's knows your product for and what everyone's right. talking about, and like you have to do the calculus of what is that core set that I absolutely need, and what are the things where I can like bring in that additional bit of delight and making it like a great experience and so it doesn't always need to show up through visual design either like for us it was we saw that it was a huge pain for people that they would have to customize their template every single time like when they would open a new uh, a new template because then it doesn't have your logo it doesn't have your colors it doesn't have anything and so we're like hey actually like let's let's invest some time and like create this api that's gonna like pull your branding assets from your online store and like do this like maybe more complicated than it needs to be kind of work. But then when you see like all the articles that people are writing about, like, Hey, Shopify emails is new thing. Every single one of them, that's the number one thing that they mention of like, what's cool about it and why you should, you might want to use it. And so like if I, if I had been put in a position to try to make a logical argument for it, I think it would have been hard. Like I probably would have lost that mm-hmm. argument of like, basically like how can you predict, like try to predict how much, how many more people will use Shopify email because we're doing this. It's like, who knows, right? Like it's impossible to, to calculate. Um, which is why I think it's it's important to like have that trust like in your in your leadership because for me like my stakeholders they got it they were like yeah this is gonna be so much better and it was just like almost like a non conversation like we didn't have to have that debate like everyone was like yeah that makes total sense let's go ahead and let's do it um, so I like it's hard for me like to give advice on like if you're in a really challenging spot like it's tough like the the only advice i have is like find ways that you can do it without having to tell people basically uh which means you probably have to aim a little bit lower but um but there are maybe opportunities for you still All right, uh, so let's do recommendations. Okay, so my recommendation this week is Middle Ditch and Schwartz. This is a an improvised comedy special on Netflix. Uh, it was recommended by, I believe, Marilyn Mann on uh, Reconcilable Differences. So this is where <laughs> like, I'm totally stealing his recommendation. Um, after listening to their podcast, uh, I decided to go in and watch it. It is so good. <laughs> Basically, like, I don't know if like our listeners have seen improv before. I know I have, but I've mostly seen the kind of like shorter form improv of just like a couple minutes. And the quality of those tend to be like kind of average. Um, so if you have a bad experience with improv, like this is different. So I encourage people to give it another try. But it's just so amazing how like they can basically the con- the whole concept is they'll go to this this venue and then they'll have like a five minute conversation with someone in the audience and then they'll create a story that's like about an hour long based on that five minute conversation. And one thing that I love is just seeing like with these two people like there's no 
There's not a lot of like fanfares, no props. Like they have, they have two chairs and that's it. How they can make this story come alive just feels magical to me. And there's like a couple of things that I want people to notice is like how they switch characters all, like mind. very often is just so like unbelievable how they're able to like move back and forth between being two people and the subtle signs and cues that they're using to tell you that they're a different character. Like most of the time I don't, I I know right away which character they're, they're doing, even if like the two two uh comedians exchange roles like yeah it's they do an accent they typically do some kind of visual representation of who that person is whether it's someone who's like always touching their hair or someone that's shorter or someone that's like and then the third thing they do is they play a lot with the chairs and moving mm-hmm. them around and basically locating each character based on where they are Right. I just find I find that so smart and so clever and like the the I think where also you see the magic of the improvised uh like system, I don't know how you call it but um is when they kind of break that fourth wall and like, at one point like um they they swap and then um I think it's uh uh the Schwartz who like gets the accent totally wrong. Right. <laughs> like, wait, is that the accent? Or sometimes they forget the names of the characters. And like, there's just that like super like funny, you have to kind of be in the moment to get this. But I just, I just love every second of it. There's three episodes. I really hope they do more. Um, I didn't know uh, Ben Schwartz before this, but oh my God. Parks and Rec? No, I've never, I've never Kevin, seen it. what a gem. So you have an is, incredible is show this, to watch. Is this something where I have like 12 seasons to catch up on? Yeah, but it's 20 minute. <laughs> you know, it's a comedy show. It's a, have you ever watched The Office? I've watched The Office a little bit, yeah. A few episodes. A little bit. That's the wrong answer. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of like The Office. Uh, anyway, yeah. Okay. There's so much yeah. here. Please but anyways, Kevin. I, I'm a, now a huge fan, like huge mm-hmm. fan. Like he's just so talented. Um, so charismatic. Unbelievable. Such a presence. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and middle ditch is, is good too, mm-hmm. but man, like nothing compared to, to so Ben Schwartz. For people listening to this and you're not, you don't know, you don't recognize these names. Um, uh, Tom Middleditch is, uh, he played Richard Hendricks in the HBO's, uh, Silicon Valley show, like the main character, and Ben Schwartz. Um, he played, like, smaller roles, uh, throughout, but I know him mostly from, uh, playing, R- John Ralphio in Parks and Rec. Also, he's in the new Space Force in Netflix. Um, anyway, yeah, he's. I saw that, and uh, that was the, basically the only reason why I now want to watch this. I was like, ooh, I, yeah. uh, I, I was. Good. I never watched improv. I always like loved improv actors. Like, well, I just mentioned The Office and Parks and Rec and all. Like, they all come from the same improv school. So a lot of the dialogue, like when I watch bloopers and all, like a lot of those lines are improvised. And so seeing that magic, even though I don't see it very often when I see it, like I love that. Um, so, but th- this was the first time I actually saw a legit, you know, improv show. Uh, so I did. 
I know like the the thing of like talking to the audience and asking for them to tell you like an event or something they're looking forward to or whatever. Like those are very common ways to kickstart an improv show. But all even that was new to me. Um, so the first time in the first episode, there's only three by the way. But on the first episode, when the first time they swap characters, I was like, oh my god, I'm, <laughs> this is unbelievable, yeah. incredible. Because then it, you have to you know copy your partner's acting right and like you mentioned accents and all that um but then at this point still on the first episode uh at some point like they have this character that they're talking about the like he's short and like that's the defining characteristic (laughs) so because he's short um tom middleditch like he's sitting on the chair the first time he plays that character and like he's playing like his feet can't reach the ground because he's short and then so that works when he's in the chair when he's sitting down but then at some point he has to be standing up so every other character has to be like standing on top of a chair again the only prop they have which means every other character now they they need a chair in order to (laughs) you know act with this short character anyway and all of this is on the fly, you know. It's improvised, so, you know. But that's yeah, that's it's so impressive, incredible, incredible, cool. Yep, so okay. it's on Netflix. Check it out. I co-recommend that. Uh, absolutely, what a good one. Um, so I, I actually had a another recommendation up until, um, well, exactly an hour ago. I changed it last <laughs> minute because I don't know about you, Kevin. Actually, I don't think you will agree with me, but for. Uh, some of us in the world are eagerly awaiting the release of The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, this is a video game on the PS4, a sequel to my personal favorite game ever, The Last of Us. Uh, it's been, uh, I think, 10 years or six years. It's been a while, you know, uh, since the first one came out. So we've been waiting for the sequel for a long time. Uh, it's finally coming out uh, on uh, the 19th of this month, so a week and a couple of days. And... I've been trying to consume everything I can, but I also know that like the script was leaked months ago. Hmm. So if I like start digging around on the internet for like more things to watch, uh, I'm gonna get spoiled because um, they like they leaked the whole script or whatever it was, or the whole game actually. I don't I don't even know. I'm trying to like not know. <laughs> um, but so. There's trailers and gameplay and all that, and I'm just so, so, so freaking excited. I also took a week off from work just to play that game. Uh, and so today, as I was waiting to record, uh, I found out that they have a, an official podcast. So it's the the Last of Us official podcast. Um, it's by uh, – like the host is just uh, – it's not, it's just like a big fan and podcaster, but, but he, got, he got a lot of the people that were – behind this game so they got so they got neil Druckmann, uh the director of the first game in this game as well uh also he's like i don't know if he owns naughty dog at this point whatever he's an incredible director he's the director he, they also got uh troy baker and lashley johnson the joel and ellie the voice actors on the show and they are they there's only one episode out yet uh, at this point uh but i don't think they're gonna release eight episodes and i believe it's like talking about some of the behind the scenes and how the game the, the original game came to be and I also assume that after the the sequel comes out, they're going to talk about that as well. Um, so it's it's just it's just incredible, uh, and I had a, a lot of fun um, listening to it. So if you're like eagerly awaiting the the sequel, uh, this is a good way to you know just spend your time and yeah. 
be in the the last of us mode which i totally am nice yeah i should uh continue playing it i started playing it back when uh, a friend of mine nico uh, gave me the or lent me his game and it took so long that i felt so bad that i gave it back to him and i didn't finish it <laughs> oh no because <laughs> i was like look it's been months like since i've had this <laughs> and i'm like maybe like five percent <laughs> into the game five percent oh no um okay. so but it was it was good oh, it was fun but it was back when you know we were allowed to go outside and do other things so i had other priorities so, but so maybe you can different. you can play it um and by the time the sequel comes out next week you might have beaten it <laughs> it's not that long of a game uh and then you can be you can be a part of this and we can talk about it mm-hmm. yeah but how how long is it? That's subjective. Like, if you put it on easy mode and you are not like trying to collect all the collectibles and do all the things, and you're just trying to you know go through the storyline, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe like six hours, ten hours. I don't know. Let me see. How long is the Last of Us? So the single player, the main story, on average, is fifteen hours. Fifteen hours. If it's hmm. rushed, eleven hours. But let's let's assume that I'm an average player. Uh so 15 15 hours. <laughs> Seems like a lot of work. Um Yeah, maybe maybe like in a month or so, a couple months it's just, maybe. It's just one of the best games ever. Um I know, but where do you all find time for this? <laughs> well, I found time back in 2013 or whatever it came out. <laughs> I just I don't know. It's like I, I like don't know when to play games. Like that. That's also a thing. Like maybe it's also part because both of us are at home all the time. But I just feel bad just like sitting down on the couch and be like, I'm playing video games, and then that means you can't watch TV. <laughs> it's just yeah, that's a wrong weird. mindset. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, let, yeah. let me tell you. We've this. been playing uh, like games together though. Yeah, fun. if it helps, I think this is this game is. Uh, is one of the best type of games to be a backseat gamer, like just to watch someone else play because mm. it's so incredibly cinematic, you know, kind of like a uh, uncharted, you know, right. Um, that, you know, it's not super boring, uh, <laughs> if someone else is in the room. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, try it or you know, fair enough or don't, I don't, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do want to continue it cause I know it's good mm-hmm. and, I think I'm kind of into it. Like, if the... How do I call this? Like, basically, I hate games that are so on rails. We've talked about this before. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can get past some of that, um, then, yeah, like, it, I should enjoy it and I should have fun. But I'll probably not finish it in time for this new one. <laughs> it's okay. We, we can wait. Uh, I mean, I won't wait, but we can wait <laughs> Yeah, don't wait. talk about it. <laughs> Nice. Okay, cool. Um, let's. I mean, that, that's it for the show. Uh, good chat. Good chat between friends. Uh, if you listen to it, uh, you know, all the way through. Uh, thanks, I guess. Uh, stay safe. Uh, find show notes in the website. Follow us on Twitter. Those links in the show notes. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>